Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. We're a few days removed from the British Grand Prix. It's still hot, ladies and gents. It's still hot. We haven't all melted. All three of us are still here. My name's Ben Hocking, of course. Podcast presented as ever by Sam Sage and Harry Eat as well. Guys, I, I say you're not you haven't melted. You look all right on my screen at least. That's not that's not telling a lie, right? Uh well from you can only see from kind of my tummy up. My legs are actually a puddle. I have uh decided to become one with this computer chair and I am officially sweat only. It's horrible. I would like it to rain. Yeah, I I honestly I'm astounded. Not not to make this a weather the late breaking weather podcast, but would do I, that. I'm astounded that um, we're, we're three days after the last podcast and we're still melting. It's um, yeah. unbelievable. Maybe it's the spice still radiating off God's corner. More like Christian Hawley's forehead. <laughs> More on that later on. Um, yeah. Um, first, first of all, like we realise that there are a lot of you listening from from the US um, and in places that are probably hotter than where we are right now. So we do apologize for those of you thinking they're making a meal out of 25 <laughs> degrees, aren't they? Because technically we are, but we'll, we'll carry on. We're British in that respect. Um, before we get into the bulk of tonight's podcast, we do have one thing to mention. First of all, you will have noticed over the last few podcasts that we've included a form for you to give your feedback uh, and whilst it's been working very well indeed um we we figured that there might actually be a better better way to do this because it is somewhat of a one-way communication so we are actually setting up a discord uh server uh discord if you haven't used it before is a uh, platform where you're able to basically speak to each other sort of set up your own servers uh, have your own conversations there so we're going to try and set up a community on there we'll leave the link in the description here we're also going to put it on our social media on twitter as well so you can catch it there um you know just just join if you want to have some have some conversations with, with us and with some like-minded people in terms of f1 we're, we're really hoping this will turn into something great so give it a shot it will be in the link as i say but we'll move on uh, to tonight's action. So we're actually going to start today with looking at 2022. And we've already got a number of seats confirmed for next year, but there are st- still sorry, there are still some outstanding. So we've got two Williams seats, two Alfa Romeo seats, two Alfa Tauri seats, and then a, a seat at Mercedes and Red Bull each. So we're actually going to discuss today who we think is going to take them. So we'll start we'll start at the top, although technically not at the top this year, at least the top last year. That was Mercedes. So we know Lewis Hamilton's confirmed, but we don't yet know who his teammate's going to be. Sam, at this point, 
who do you think is going to be alongside? Well, there's almost feel, feels like there's been a shift in Valtteri Bottas's tone over the last couple of races. And something that I saw on social media, which I didn't see on the race weekend, because, of course, the race director wouldn't dare cover something that was interesting, um, was that <laughs> during during the slowdown lap after the incident between Verstappen and Hamilton, uh, over the radio come the Mercedes engineer team, and they say to Bottas, Valtteri, without overtaking Lewis, please can you pull alongside Lewis on the left-hand side? check out his car for us and report back any damage. Now, I know that you know teams like their drivers to work as a team, as a cohesive unit, but it really feels like over the last couple of races, Bottas has really stepped up the I'm a team player side of things. And we, we had a little bit of a joke and a laugh about how when he was sat there under the red flag, out of nowhere, Valtteri Bottas just goes, uh, racing instant, right? Obviously. Out of nowhere. Unprovoked, apparently. Um, so... Does that put Bottas in the driving seat to uh, be Lewis Hamilton's teammate for next season? I don't know. They're celebrating him a lot. They're really bigging up the fact that he's now picked up his sixth podium of the season, which is not too shabby. Still hasn't got a race win when arguably the other three drivers that he's combating have got a race win. And due to my prediction at the start of the season of Bottas never getting a race win again, I don't think he will. And because of this, because of Bottas' inability now to cover where I think if Lewis Hamilton fails, I think that Russell will end up in the Mercedes seat next season and Bottas will be ousted from the Mercedes team. Harry, what direction do you think Mercedes will go? I'm I'm really conflicted on this because I think... Pre-Silverstone, it was looking, you know, if you believe that just, and not that you should ever believe rumours in F1, but uh, what people were saying is that it was a done deal. Russell was going to be announced at Silverstone, and then it didn't happen. And as Sam said, Bottas' uh, tone and actions are, makes me think that it's not a done deal because he's now no longer fighting to win all the time to stay in the team. He's just doing everything he can to be as helpful as possible. I imagine he's going to come out in a in like a waiter's uniform next time, bring everything to Hamilton on a little silver silver plate, like his steering wheel, a biscuit for, for, for his dog, um, because I think he's trying to do everything he can. And, that, and as Sam mentioned, that bit of footage that we didn't see at the weekend was really interesting that he you know, voluntarily went and had a look. And now that's not a person who wants to try and beat Hamilton. Is someone who's just trying to do everything he can to make Mercedes happy. And that makes me think that they've not made their mind up yet. And Bottas could well be in that seat. I think they'll still go for Russell. And maybe that's why Bottas is feeling that pressure to, to act as the greatest number two driver there's ever been. Um, so, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't think it's a done deal, but I think they will eventually go for Russell. I think as much as Toto has a soft spot for Georgie Bottas... At some point, and I think he realizes it. He's got to think past. He's got to think past the Lewis Hamilton era of Mercedes, which will eventually end. I know it's not ending for a couple of years yet, but it's going to end at some point, and they can't risk losing George to. And I mean, imagine if George, they didn't sign George. He went off to another team like Red Bull. I mean, Christian Horner's snug face would be off the scale. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to think of the future here and go for Russell. Could you imagine? Drive to survive. Christian Horner <laughs> sat there in his chair with his phone. Hi, 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 George. It, it's Christian. Welcome to Red Bull Racing. Oh, oh. I can, I can already hear it. Oh no! Please, Mercedes, bet, sign it. Sign him so we don't get that. I bet he's asked his lovely uh, partner and ex Spice Girl singer to create a new anthem. If you want to be my driver. You know, I can imagine that playing to all these contract <laughs> signees. It's a great welcome to me if uh, if Jerry turned up, you know. I'll be I'm up for that. You and you yeah, lovely. if the Spice Girls would like to write us an anthem, I won't yeah. say no. If if you want to be my driver, you better get along with Verstappen. <laughs> That's it! <laughs> there Done. it is. I mean, hit it's, it's, after it's, hit. It's a Spice Girl, so, and it's a rule. <laughs> It's true. Um, I am going to say that they will go for George Russell at this point. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of Valtteri Bottas to an extent. I think there are there are a few instances. So 
where he got overtaken by Lewis Hamilton at Silverstone, I, I think he probably learned his lesson from Spain where there just wasn't really much point in trying to hold him up because he would have got passed anyway. And I think he would have just looked a bit worse for it if he at least tried to fight it. So I can understand that. In terms of pulling alongside Lewis Hamilton and confirming the damage, I I, I get the whole it's not for him, it's for the team. But ultimately, could he have really said no to that? Could he have come over the radio and just gone, actually... No, not gonna, not gonna check that for you. I, that would have been really awkward. I feel like, and I might be being naive here. I feel like Lewis Hamilton would have done the same thing in the same situation. I, there's a reason he wasn't in that situation, and, and Bottas is more likely to be there. But I don't, I don't read too much into that one. Um, and in terms of the racing incident one, I'm not sure what to think of that because it does reek of team player. At the same time, most of the drivers who have commented on this have lent towards it being a racing incident, so that it could be legitimate. Um, I, I'm not too sure. Either way, I do think George Russell gets this seat. I think the security that they've got in terms of Lewis Hamilton for the next few years means that they can uh, risk the move now rather than risk the move in a few years' time when Lewis Hamilton is packing his bags and going off to do whatever he does next. So I, I think it makes sense to make the move now, make sure you cement the future, from my understanding it's going to be George Russell as that future so get him in now and just to say from George Russell's perspective the amount of teases that he's done on social media in terms of announcements surely surely only a man confirmed for that seat would be okay doing that I don't know maybe he's just playing around but it just feels far too much confidence for someone who doesn't think he would get the seat I'll go with he's George a social, Russell. He's a social marketing wizard, George Russell. He knows what he's doing. He's got everyone on the, uh, you know, the, the what is the phrase? I'm too hot for my brain to work. On the tip of a cap. Tender hooks works. Tip of a cap is not an expression. On so, the tip of a cap. <laughs> folks, Great make it happen. That. Hashtag tip of a cap. <laughs> Fantastic summary, oh. as usual from Sam there. Um, cheers. We'll move on. We'll move on to Red Bull and who we think is going to take that seat alongside Max Verstappen. Of course, Sergio Perez occupying the seat this year. Alex Albon was occupying the seat last year. Pierre Gasly the year before. Daniel Ricciardo the year before that. So at least going by the last few years, not many have lasted longer than a season. Sam, do you think that Perez keeps his seat? Do you think they go elsewhere? I think Red Bull... For all their strange culture choices, for all their ups and downs, for all their silly announcements that they like to put out in the press to stir the pot, have learned a lesson here. That having someone like Sergio Perez on their side, helping them carry the team that little bit further, doing what they ask. I know that he obviously went about ruining his own race, essentially, to get the fastest point at Silverstone to take it away from Hamilton. He is committed to doing what Red Bull needs him to do, and he's putting together actions that are ready. So I think that they're going to hold on to Sergio Perez for another season. Um, And for a couple of reasons. I don't think that Pierre Gasly is, A, wanted back at that top seat. B, I don't think he would get along with Verstappen. I think he would want to beat Verstappen. I don't think he wants to ever be considered as a secondary driver. And C, I don't think Gasly wants to be in that team either. I think they very are much using each other. Alpha Tauri using Gasly to just have a good season. Pierre Gasly is using Alpha Tauri to have a seat and to show just what he's made of. And I don't think Sengoli's ready. I think Sengoli's at least another season and that Alpha Tauri team to really adjust. I can't see Albon coming back at the moment, which is a real shame. He's so quickly been ousted because he got shoved up so quickly. Um, so yeah, I think Perez is the obvious, likely and sensible choice. And I feel like Red Bull are leaning towards that direction, which for just one year maybe would be wise. Harry, what do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. I think it's um I think it's Perez being signed again for next year. I don't, I don't see why they would I don't, I don't really see what other option they've got. I'd like Sam said, Gasly's not an option for whatever reason. Um Sonoda needs to calm calm down a little bit. Um, he's obviously not not ready for that team, and and I think Red Bull have learned from that that they're not going to jump him up straight away. And Perez is, I know it's been it's been up and down this season, but I think he has already done enough in their eyes. Um, and that, as Sam said, you know, sacrificed his own chance of a couple of points on Sunday to play the team game and nab nab that fastest lap off of Hamilton. So um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think he'll get signed again because. 
most of the time. He is kind of there with Verstappen, but not in Verstappen's way, which, you know, it's kind of been the same. That's the situation that Bottas and Hamilton have been in, and it's worked pretty damn well for them. So I think that would be Red Bull's ideal situation for next year. Uh, so, yeah, Paris to say for me. I think um, it is Red Bull. So there is every single chance that the Red Bull team is Yuki Tsunoda. I mean, it it could be Yuki Tsunoda and Liam Lawson in the Red Bull next year and Max Verstappen demoted to Alpha Tauri alongside Big Zonta, Ricardo Zonta. Like, that's a perfectly feasible explanation for Red Bull. However, Big Zonta and Max Verstappen, I'm all over that. I don't think that's going to happen. But you never know. I actually think they will go for Sergio Perez and they'll they'll stick with continuity here because it's something that they have been lacking for a number of years now. If you think it was 2017 and 2018, the last time that they had two full seasons of the same lineup, Daniel Ricardo and uh, Daniel Ricardo and what's his name, Max Verstappen. He's so he's, he's, he's so forgettable, isn't he? Is he the championship leader? I mean, I don't know. What's he been up to? I've said Big Zonts too many times. I've got his name in my head now. It'll be for the rest of the podcast. But yeah, I, I think they will stick with what they've got here. Sergio Perez, the last few races has put some doubt to that because it has been not ideal, as a certain Sam Sage would say. But It's not ideal. It's not ideal. But I think the races before that and potentially what's to come, I, I think that will save him. And yeah, they just need they need that supporting player for Max Verstappen. And wins in when you know the win in Baku this year proves exactly what Red Bull have been missing and what Red Bull need, and suddenly they have it and they're in a championship fight. So I think they'll stick rather than twist here. Let's go to the other three teams where there are two seats up for grabs rather than just one seat, uh, and they're all towards well, Alpha Tauri is sort of in the middle of the pack, and then two at the two at the back, Alfa Romeo and Williams. So. Sam, we'll start with, let's start with Williams. Who do you think is going to be the lineup for Williams next year? Well, if my predictions were to all be succinct, of course, that means that Russell would theoretically move from Williams to Mercedes, so there's already one empty seat. And as much as, you know what, Big Nick, old Nicky Latifi, Mr. Maple Man himself, I, I really like Nicholas Latifi. I think he's a really nice personality to have on the grid. Now that Williams, though, have different owners, funds aren't necessarily a problem. Sponsors are starting to come back in nicely. They've still got the Mercedes backing. Do I think they need someone who is essentially a paid driver in their team? Who, let's face it, the last few races has not been stepping up to the same incredible level that George Russell has been managing to deliver. He's not been on par. So, I think that Williams go completely clean slate next year. I think Valtteri Bottas comes into Williams, back to where he was. He's got a link there already. I'm sure he knows lots of the staff. I'm sure as long as Williams can show progression, which I'm sure they've been working on, he'd be quite happy to um, to, to be there again. Not that happy, but quite happy. And I think that um, the other city opens up for Pierre Gasly. I don't think Pierre Gasly has anywhere else he can go. I think Pierre Gasly wants to maybe move into a different family of racing and doesn't want to be part of Red Bull. And I think this would push him into a different seat with the the promise that Williams would continue to move up the table. Uh, This possibly puts him into a Mercedes area where maybe an Aston Martin seat can open up when Vettel leaves. Or maybe he could go to a McLaren seat if something doesn't work out. Or you never know when Hamilton leaves, could he be the person that fills Hamilton's seat to go alongside Russell? There's a lot of futuristic options there. So for me... I think that a, a fun, exciting, and really, you know, possibly feasible lineup for Williams next year could be Bottas and Gasly. From Williams' perspective, they've got to be happy if it ends up that way. If, if they know they haven't got George Russell, that's got to be pretty close to optimum solution. But Bottas and Gasly, Sam's going for for the Williams lineup. Harry, what are you saying? Um, I. Think they will stick with Nicholas Latifi for one more year. I just think that he, I think George Russell is is doing more than that car car is capable of doing on a Saturday. I know it's showing Latifi up, but I think that just speaks to the different levels those two drivers are, are operating on. So I think they might keep Latifi for one more year. Uh, as for their second seat, I. I think they'll put in 
I mean, I was going to say Danny Kvyat because the content we get out of that would be unreal. Um, the man's been in every job. Uh, but no, I'm going to go for Nico Hockenberg. He's going to go Ooh. back to where he started, similar to similar to Bota, uh, Sam's Bottas theory. He's going to go back to where he started. Nico Hockenberg. Thank you, thank you, Daniel Ricciardo. Um, yeah, and put and put an experienced hand in that second Williams seat. Guide Latifi into the next era of F1. Probably not guide him. Probably just mess him up and then Latifi's out of the team. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Hockenberg and Nicholas Latifi. Nick and Nico. How about that for a lineup? So Good big mix. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, you you've offered up four completely different names there. So. And in true me form, I'm actually going to take the best parts of both of your answers. Um, maybe not the best parts, but I'm going to take one one name from from each of your answers here. So I I also think that Nicholas Latifi um, will stay. This is what we think is going to happen, rather than what we think should happen, because I don't know if Nicholas Latifi has earned another season. However, I think he will get it. So I think he'll be in one of those seats. Alongside him, I'm going to go with Valtteri Bossas, and I keep, I keep going back and forth to coin a great game as uh, we nice. have here. Um, I keep going back and forth on this one, and whether whether Valtteri Bottas would actually want the Williams seat. Make no mistake about it. If Valtteri Bottas leaves Mercedes, or actually, I should probably rephrase that: if Valtteri Bottas is not resigned at Mercedes, which will be much more likely, he is going to be a a, a sought after free agent, and. Pretty much every team on the grid could do with Valtteri Bottas. I know he's not having a good season. He is a quality driver. And I think as soon as he is out of that Mercedes, people will soon see, hang on a minute. Yeah, this guy can drive. He was up against Lewis Hamilton for a number of years. I think we forgot it. I think he would flourish in a different environment. Williams, through George Russell in the last four races or so, has been Russell's been proving what that Williams is capable of. It is, in terms of pace at least, it is further forward than it was last year. I know in terms of in terms of points, it's not necessarily showing at the moment. But considering what Russell can do in terms of reaching Q3, running in the points, Bottas has got to be given confidence by that. And in a, in a new era, he might think that that Williams seat is viable. I think it's Williams' job to prove to him that this isn't this isn't the massive downgrade that it looks. It's still something where you can get into the points regularly. You can fight these midfield cars. If they can convince him of that, I think they get him. So I'm going with Bottas and Latifi. Now the two alphas. We'll start with Alpha Romeo. Um, for me, this one could be the, the one that goes in about 500 different directions. I, I don't think anyone's got a solid read on how this is going to go. Of course, we've got Raikkonen and Giovinazzi in those seats at the moment. Sam, who's going to be in the seats next year? So, uh, for all you ice, ice baby lovers, unfortunately, I think the time is up. It's time to cut your losses. This is Kimmy's final season in Formula 1. It's time for the man to move on. He's not been that quality this year. He had one epic moment in Austria, which we all enjoyed. Don't get me wrong. It was lovely. But uh, he hasn't really delivered anything else for me. Um, and when I say epic moment, I don't mean the crash into Sebastian Vettel. I mean the lovely defensive move around the outside of Charles Leclerc. Um, <laughs> you know, there were swings of roundabouts in that Austrian Grand Prix for him. Um, so I think Kimmy's gone. I think Kimmy's gone. On the other side of the garage... Antonio Giovinazzi, the man that I said should not be in Formula 1 at the end of last season. I mean, if there was a bag to pull things out of, a drive is what he's pulled out of that bag because that man is bloody brilliant this season. Great qualifying performances, running higher than that car should realistically be, consistency. He is just driving really, really well. I think he's really starting to come into his own. I also think the fans love him. I think he gels well with the team. Um... Genuinely, he's a good fit there at the moment. Whether I think he's a long-term prodigy for the team, a long-term exciting prospect, I don't know yet. But he's definitely warranted another year. So I think that Giovinazzi is back. On the other side of the garage where Kimi was, I think it goes down to two drivers. There are other options, but I'm going to keep it relatively short and sweet. Callum Eilat, you know, the previous runner-up-ish in uh, F2 last season, didn't get a drive, was the Alfa Romeo Junior driver, is an option. The other one would be coming from another team in F1. And I think that's Mick Schumacher. I think the Ferrari have a much more enjoyable time with Alfa Romeo. I don't think Mick enjoys the harsh atmosphere. I don't think he enjoys the pressure that he's being given in that environment. 
And a Haas going anywhere, we don't know. And I think Ferrari are really trying to nurture and harness Schumacher. I lot for me is the outside choice. Schumacher for me is the favourite. I'm going to go with a Schumacher Giovinazzi lineup next season at Alfa Romeo. Harry, what do you reckon? I too agree with Sam on Giovinazzi. I think he has done enough this year, and not enough people talk about him. I mean, we have. We've noticed, but apparently no commentator notices Giovinazzi doing good things. Um, so I think he has done enough. It'll be interesting to see next year whether that's uh, the, these performances have been over exaggerated somewhat by, by Kimmy maybe falling off the boil, but we'll see next year. Um, so I think they'll keep Giovinazzi. Um, and then in the second seat, they're going to go, they're going to replace a Finn with another Finn, like a Valtteri Bottas in that seat. I've heard this. I have heard this on the streets of F1. I think it would. I mean, Ben, you, all the points you already made about putting him in the Williams, I think it's an absolutely solid, solid call because, yeah, he is still a quality driver. He's just, yeah, he's been up against Lewis Hamilton. It's a bit difficult. So, um, yeah, I, I don't seem, I don't think he'll go to Williams for reasons I've already stated, but I think uh, he'll go to Alfa Romeo and some fun times there. Geo and Bot Bot. That's it. That's the one. It's a, it's a tandem and a half. Um, I think you two have forgotten something. You've forgotten something very crucial. Kimi Raikkonen will never leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, you, you've Kimi. clearly forgotten that. Um, I, I think they will stick. I think Kimi Raikkonen will have one more season. Uh, and I think that they will re-sign him again. Um, so old now. Please no. I think they will. And actually, I'm going to raise what I I am almost certain is going to be an unpopular opinion here. I think Kimi Raikkonen has been about as good as Antonio Giovinazzi this year. I don't think there's anything in it really. I think Gio's had the advantage in qualifying. In the races, I think Raikkonen's had, generally speaking, a minor advantage in terms of race pace. Kimi just keeps on doing stupid things, like in terms. Think of Austria, for example. He had a great race until yeah, the last lap. Like he was in terms of race pace. He, the problem is he keeps qualifying like 18th place. He then goes and makes up like six places every time. And then in the case of Austria, it's like it's like Britain as well. I mean, it wasn't necessarily his fault technically with Perez. It was a bit of a bit of a racing incident there, but. He did a good job in terms of race pace again. He was outqualified by Gio, managed to get up ahead of him thanks to a good start, was ahead of Gio for the for most of the race, and then had the incident with Perez. So I do think that Raikkonen has been better than what people are giving him credit for this year. I think he is still okay as a racing driver. Uh, and I actually, there is a reason I think that they go for Raikkonen over Gio, which I'll say in a minute after I say who I think the second driver will be. A name already mentioned. I think they take a bit of a left field one. I think they go with Nico Hulkenberg and I think they get him on a couple year deal. I think here, if they have to ask over three years or so, who would they rather have, Gio or Hulkenberg? I think they go with Hulkenberg. I think he's the better option. Um and the reason I say that Raikkonen will stay for one more year and they'll put him in that role rather than Gio is I think that they are ready for Theo, Theo Porcher to come through from Formula 2. Uh, now, now Porcher is doing a great job this season in Formula 2. I think he's currently sixth place in the championship. But of the top seven drivers in that championship, all of them are at least 20 years old, with the exception of Porcher, who is still 17. It is ridiculous how that good he is. That upsets me greatly. Oh, oh yes. Ben, that's depressing. It is terrifying. But he is he is so good at such a young age. My thinking is that he will have another season in Formula 2 and then he will pl- replace Raikkonen. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually just elevate him next season and go for it. I think it's a bit risky for my liking. They might do that, in which case I think it would be a Porsche and Hulkenberg lineup. But um, yeah, I think... I think Raikkonen will be keeping that seat warm for when Porsche is ready. He doesn't keep anything warm. That man is a block of ice with no emotion. He radiates sunshine. What are you talking about? If anyone has been keeping tabs, that means I've got an empty seat at Haas, by the way. And I think that uh, Robert Schwartzman will fill that seat at Haas, by the way. I thought you were about to say Robert Kubica for a second. Bobby Kubica! I mean, the last the last person to score a point in a Williams so far. I'm just, just yeah, that's an icon. 
Isn't it great that the last driver to get a point for Williams was Robert Kubica, and the last the last Williams driver to score a win was Maldonado. So yeah, there are some good. strange records at Williams, that's for sure. <laughs> Let's move on to the last team we'll look at, and that is Alpha Tauri. So at the moment, it's Pierre Gasly, Yuki Tsunoda, of course. Sam, we already know Pierre Gasly, at least in your books, isn't going to be there because he's already moved off to Williams. But who are the two drivers that will be there? Uh, so we'll start with the other gentleman that is uh, currently at the team, Yuki Sangoda, our little rocket Yuki. We love him. Um, I think he'll stay. I think he'll stay for a number of reasons. Yuki has shown glimpses of great driving. He'll crop up occasionally in some strong points. Of course, that first race at Bahrain, where he sent it around the outside of two-time world champ. Fernando Alonso was spectacular. Um, of course, they were both backing F1 you know, let's say for the first time, essentially Alonso obviously a couple of years out. Um, so I think Yuki has shown great progress. He's had some mistakes. The man doesn't like to break for corners, and I can respect that, hence the name of the podcast. Um, you know, the guy likes speed. I also, on the other side of things, think that in terms of opening up markets for marketing materials and for selling Alpha Tauri clothing, Yuki Tsunoda is one of the biggest assets that that racing team has he opens up an entire demographic that i don't think formula one have a lot of access to at the moment apart from when we go to suzuka uh so i think that in terms of money balance as well yuki i think generates a little bit of interest there not enough to keep a seat but i definitely think it is an added bonus that tips scales slightly his way so i think yuki stays i think yuki will get a couple of years as well um and i think he's a future project for the red bull family who goes alongside well we know pierre gasly isn't there i think uh currently my option is Yuri Vips. Um, Yuri Vips has been showing good promise in the junior formulas. He's come up well. He races cleanly. He's got a lot of pace behind him. He's very um, Red Bull family through and through. It seems to fit the agenda that Red Bull have, and he matches what they would like. The guy seems decent. The guy seems like he's got a lot of promise. And, you know, maybe they, the scary thing is, because Max Verstappen is only, what, 23 years old, he's going to be around for another 12 years. Yuri Vips could be a secondary driver to Max Verstappen, run his career, and leave Red Bull, and Max Verstappen could still be the lead driver, and they might need another one. Um, so I think Yuri Vips is the option. And of course, when Yuri Vips has run his course as a Formula One driver, he could be, you know, Verstappen could be partnered by Kimi Raikkonen. He'll still be around, so yeah, he could yeah. fill it. You never know. Harry. Who have you got? Uh, this one's really dull for me. They're keeping the same ones. <laughs> um, oh, that is so boring. Sorry, sorry. It's very bad of me. Yeah, you used to know that they're going to keep because he needs more time. Um, I don't going to dump him yet. But yeah, he needs more time in F1, basically. And I don't think Gazzy's got anywhere to go. Uh, I think he'll hold on in AlphaTauri for another year and wait for Mr. Alonso to retire and they go to Alpine. Now, I am very insulted that you used my word as um, as a as a means by by which to say I was boring. You, you were saying, oh, I'll go for the same lineup like Ben. And <laughs> I'm going to surprise you because I'm going for the same lineup. <laughs> oh, of course he is! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you know me too well. Uh, yeah, I'm going for Sonoda and Gasly as well. I think Sonoda, look, he's he's not ready for a Red Bull seat. If Albon and Gasly weren't ready for a Red Bull seat, at least we know that in hindsight, Sonoda's definitely not. And, and Sonoda's got talent, and I think he'll I think he'll get there. You know, and, and questions are about where his ceiling is and how how far up he'll develop. I think he's got a future in F1, but at least for now, it's it's a bit of it's a bit rough. So he'll stay in AlphaTauri for one more year. Pierre Gasly's situation could be the strangest one on the entire grid because it's just it's so weird. He's he's he does so well for that team. He pulls in such great results week in and week out. He he delivers, but. As you've already referenced, I don't think they're gonna. They, I don't think they have the confidence to put him in the Red Bull seat ever again. I don't. He can't do much more than what he's already doing. So why do they keep him there? He's getting good results. So you could argue it's championship position, it's prize money in that respect. But we also know that AlphaTauri is more than just 
bringing in the prize money for championship position. It's about developing the drivers of the future. And if they don't see Gasly as having a future within the program, then what are you doing? So can you drop someone who's doing so well? I don't know if you can. I, I think he'll, I think Gasly will carry on and see see what things are looking like at the end of that year because it's not looking very promising at the moment. You know, you, you've suggested he go to he go to Williams, Sam, which it, you know could happen. But at the same time, it's not a it's not a glamorous opportunity. Maybe he does hold out one more year to see if something a bit more up the grid comes his way, such as possibly the Alpine seat. Although at the moment, actually, the AlphaTauri is looking better than the Alpine, but. I, th- I think um, I think he'll wait it out a year and see. Um, Sonoga's got talent. It's a strange decision by Simon Cowell to make a new game show, but the man goes how to make money. <laughs> Is it just exactly the same as Britain, America, and all other countries got talent, but instead of the red X's, it's actually just Yuki Sonoda late breaking? Yeah, he just swears at you when you press the button. <laughs> uh, and the golden Sonoda, as I'll call it, it's just all the debris from where he's crashed lots of times, just raining down on the stage. Right, we'll get that proposal written up. <laughs> See where that one takes us. Come into Folks on the Discord, give me ideas for Sangoga's Got Talent. Honestly. <laughs> Come into a screen near you, provided that screen is literally just the three of us talking into a vacuum. We'll move on. We'll move on from that fantastic idea. We'll let that one breathe. Um, we'll, we'll speak about what happened at the weekend because we got into the incident between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. We spoke about that in depth, but at the time we recorded, the the backlash, the comments from it hadn't necessarily uh, had a chance to, to come out Um Firstly, just to say, I think we need to kick off this segment with this. The, the the racial discrimination that Lewis Hamilton has faced as a result of this is utterly disgusting. Um, let us make no bones about that whatsoever. Um, yeah, and it's good to see at least the, the teams have shown solidarity in this, in their messaging. In terms of some of the other, other things that came out this weekend, there were some dicey comments shall we say from the likes of like Helmut Marco calling for a ban for Lewis Hamilton Sam what did you make about not quite sure how to phrase it but how do you how do you what did you make of the overall conduct of what of what happened this weekend I'm really disappointed I'm gonna put the racism thing to one side because we all know full well that one it's disgusting and we don't condone that in life or in our sport and just talk about what actually happened from the officials in the sport here um Helmut Marko himself, uh, Christian Horner, Max Verstappen. The comments that these people have come out with are really disappointing to hear from people that are so well-respected, so senior, so viewed upon by the younger generations and the rest of the Formula One world. The fact that, like you say, Helmut Marko's called for a bang, which is ridiculous. We've seen crashes with either much worse impacts after the crash or much more deliberate accidents happen where bangs haven't been given. Hamilton immediately apologised. Hamilton immediately comes over the radio to ask if Max is okay. I don't know what more you want. He got a penalty. He served that penalty. He got on with his race. Max Verstappen also has the, I think, the cheek. I think this is a bit out of order. To not congratulate anyone, he's going to be bitter and he's going to go, I think it's disappointing and unsportsmanlike that you celebrate a victory while I'm in hospital. Like... Anyone on that team is aware he's in hospital. Everyone saw him get out of the car and walk away. No one knows how, what condition he's in that is not stable. I think this is a really bitter and disappointing way of discussing things with Max Verstappen. I'm sorry if you're a Verstappen fan. Usually I try and see it from a, a fair viewpoint. But I really think this is out of order. I haven't seen a competitor act like this on social media. In Formula 1, I think, actually. I'm really surprised at how low they sunk. And then Christian Horner has just been stoking the fire at every bloody opportunity Toto, how dare you go and speak to the stewards? Not like he's never gone and done that before about anything in his career. You know, uh, Hamilton, how, how dare he? It's disgusting behaviour. How dare he stick a tyre up the inside? You should, you should think twice about that. He's put so much people, so much at risk. Verstappen um, had a 51G crash. I can't believe that he would even try something like that. It's ridiculous. It's just silly. They are stoking a fire, stirring a pot because they are desperate to get something overturned because they will do anything that they can at the moment to make sure this championship comes home in their favour. And while I admire their willingness to to try and win in Formula 1, 
I don't like unsportsmanship behaviour. I think Lewis Hamilton made a mistake and I think he served his penalty for it. I think Red Bull have put themselves in a much worse position now in terms of the Formula 1 atmosphere, image, respect levels than anything that Hamilton did on track ever. Hamilton made a bad mistake. It wasn't a, a great move, it turns out, you know. He did what he needed to do. Red Bull, on the other hand, I think they've let themselves down here. I don't think this is okay way to conduct yourself. When there are so many vulnerable people, young people, influential people watching the sport, I think you need to be better. What do you reckon, Harry? Yeah, I... None of it... It's Christian Horner in particular, I don't get it. I'm not supporting what he's saying, but I think he's the one... He's the person at, on Sunday... Everyone's sticking a microphone in his face. He's annoyed. He's emotional. So from that point of view, I can understand that he's saying these things. Past the weekend, when he's had a few hours to sleep on it, calm down, whatever, then come on, give it a rest. Um, we know how Marco chats a lot out of his arse most of the time. Remember <laughs> Toby Camp, everyone, back in 2020. Oh, um, and yeah, the, the Max one as well. Again, I know it wasn't that long after the race. I think he'll come to regret that social post. Um what he said on there, it was, yeah, he's clear. He was clearly still raw, raw from the crash, from the incident, and what it means for his championship, etc. Um, that I think he should have, he should have waited to, to post anything. And I think the 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 thing that this highlights is we've we've never really had, you know, a fierce championship battle between two teams in the age of. And I, mean, and I mean the proper age of social media. If you think the last time, we obviously have Rosberg Hamilton, but that's slightly different because there was the same team. Before that, you've got to go all the way back to 2012, Alonso Vettel. I mean, Twitter was around, but who knew how to use Twitter back in 2012? I certainly didn't. I was an egg. Well, <laughs> yeah, everyone was an egg. Everyone remembers that. Um, so I, I think what this, uh, to me, highlights is just people, you know these people within F1, these figures, and I'm not. I, I don't necessarily buy the the um, accusation that these comments have contributed to the obviously disgusting racial abuse that Hamilton's received. But I think what these figures need to realise is that their comments go so far and so wide now across the internet, social media, etc., TV, whatever. That they just have, they and I know it's hard because they're, they're emotional about what happened on track, but they just got to try harder to to rein it in because they say, just like what you just see it like a quote like the um, the Horner one about Toto didn't go to the stewards. I'm sure he said that offhandedly in an, in an interview some point on Sunday Monday. It's gone everywhere. It's just it just gets blasted everywhere. So um, yeah, I, it's, they should they should they need to calm it down um you know and horner and wolf we've spoken about this already on the podcast getting a bit you know a bit bitchy with each other earlier this year before there was any crashes um and it and we said it was it was fine but it was getting to the point of like not enjoyable and i think we've got we got to that point now so um yeah i just think and i'm sure they'll all look back at it and regret what they've said um, but I think it's just a bit more awareness about what they're saying in the heat of the moment, which I appreciate is very hard to do, but um, try, try hard. Yeah. Um, so because so much has been said by number of different parties, number of different people, I think it's fair enough to, to judge each person in their own sort of sphere rather than just blanket it. So it would be easy enough to say that Red Bull's response to this has been despicable. But at the same time, I think that's maybe slightly unfair if you're just blanketing the whole organization and saying that, that it's, it's inappropriate from all sides. I think it's, uh, it's wiser to look at the individuals here, most significantly the likes of Marco uh, Verstappen and Christian Horner, but um, it's, it is a tough one and I'll start with Helmut Marco because I, I I don't have a lot of time for a lot of what Helmut Marco says to be completely honest we have to remember there there is a line here and it's really important to be on one side of the line and not the other there is up to a point you can you can disagree 
you know, you can disagree. I, I disagree with a lot of what people say in Formula One, and that's absolutely fine. There, there comes a point where that disagreement then goes into it's completely inappropriate for you to say those things. So it's important. To, for example, Christian Horner saying that Hamilton's move was amateurish. I don't agree with that. I don't think it was amateurish at all. At the same time, he's entitled to his opinion on that, and I've got no no problem with him saying that. But some of the comments, I, I I don't I don't I think go a bit too far. Helmut Marco suggesting that that Hamilton should be banned, and that he's he's actually apparently hired a lawyer to fight this one and fight the penalty that he's been given. <laughs> Honestly, I I don't even I'm not even insulted by this. It's just put your efforts elsewhere. If if look, Red Bull have have lost a lot of points as a result of what happened, and if you think it's Hamilton's fault, which a lot of people do, all three of us have said that we believe the fault lies lies with Hamilton on this incident. They have every right to be angry with what happened and disappointed with the result. Turn that into fuel on track next race. Focus on coming out next race and beating Lewis Hamilton by thirty seconds, putting it to bed. And, Lewis, and Max Verstappen's championship lead is up close to where it was in the first instance. Put your energy in that. Don't put your energy into fighting a legal battle about a penalty that was applied at the last race. How on earth are you going to say that the stewards gave this incorrectly wrong? The stewards have no consistency. You can't say you can't say there's a precedence even. You can't say well every other incident has also that's been like this has all been drive through penalties. You can't say that because one week the stewards are asleep and don't do anything, and then the next week they do give a drive through penalty. So you can't refer back to incidents and say, well, look at how it happened there. I think they should just fight this on track. Don't bother with the legal stuff. Christian Horner saying that, um, again, this is another one, Christian Horner saying that Toto Wolff shouldn't have seen the stewards. I agree with the point. I actually don't think the stewards in terms of, you know, a, a physical meetup, I don't think that should happen. And I think they should be left to their own devices. Emails only. Emails <laughs> only from big totes. But it has absolutely no merit come from, coming from Christian Horner because you know if the roles were reversed, as they have been in the past, you know Christian Horner would have taken the opportunity to speak to them. So it doesn't mean much coming for him. I don't, I don't quite buy Christian Horner doing this out of the love, out of his love for the sport and the integrity of the sport. Not quite buying that one, Christian. Um, and then in terms of Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen is the one I'm trying my best to see this from his perspective and understand. Because if we, if we just dial it back, Max Verstappen has been involved in a massive high-speed crash where he has gone into the wall at a ridiculous pace and he has had to go to hospital, even if it is precautionary as a result of this. And on the way to hospital... He is not going to have seen the replays that we've seen. We we all admitted that after the race, we were there looking at the replays, trying to judge who was at fault. Max Verstappen has not seen that. So he is perfectly entitled to think that he is in the right and that an incident where he is not in the wrong could have killed him. He has, he has every right to be angry in that spot. And I have I understand that. The thing is, he made the comment hours after it happened. He's got time to He's got time to calm down after that. And I think it, it was an inappropriate response from him. To call it dis- disrespectful and unsportsmanlike, that crosses a line that I'm not I'm not happy with. Unfollowing him on Instagram, I think it was. <laughs> Honestly. Come on. Come on, Max. Come on, you're better than that. Um I don't know. I, I think generally speaking, Max Verstappen has matured quite well over the last few years, but there are still a few incidents where I, I just have to sort of squint and go come on come on max really um i don't think it i I agree with what you said i i think in time he will regret that response um like i say i'm trying to see it from his side i'm trying to understand like the incident that he was involved in and how genuinely terrifying it must have been but i think after a certain point after the race you should have enough control to not go full head of steam on social media like he did this is this is entirely off point, but me saying I don't, no one knew how to use Twitter in 2012. Do you remember in 2012 when Hamilton tweeted the data overlays? <laughs> yeah, <Prime's> data <laughs> overlays. <laughs> I completely uh, forgot. That's about. what I mean. No one, no one knew how. To, even Lewis Hamilton didn't know how to use Twitter in 2012. Neither did Ed Balls, to be fair. 
this is this is going to need a reference. Um, Ed Balls, for anyone who doesn't know, possibly across the pond, is a uh, a politician based in the UK <laughs> who, uh, when he was learning Twitter, accidentally just tweeted his own name. And now, <laughs> and now every year on that date, we celebrate Ed Balls Day. Um, Ed Balls Day! Every year, without fail. <laughs> Very obscure reference, but here we are. Let's move on to our last segment of today, and you'll be delighted to hear Pump the Brakes is going to make a return. Pump the Brakes! <laughs> I love that. It's short and sweet. Always gets me. Pump the Brakes. All three of us will give an opinion. It can be anything related to the world of F1. The other two of us have to say whether they should keep going with that opinion. That's absolutely fine or whether they should pump the brakes. And as you will know, if you've already listened to one of these before, if the other two people both think that they should pump the brakes, the gunge comes out. Dave! Dave's coming! That was an unfortunate phrase to say right before that. But anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Dave Benson Phillips comes along as he always does and, and does the gunging. Um, Thanks, Dave. Again, I know we said this last time and we will do this for the next time that we play, but we will look to reduce the length for that sound effect because it is way too long. Never. It's a long, painful voice. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's still double the length of the actual Pump the Brakes uh, theme song. Um, right, Sam, get us going here. What have you got as an opinion? Formula One misses having tyre wars and multiple tyre suppliers in Formula One. I think it would be a better place if we had at least one more tyre provider. And I think we should bring it back. Harry? Um, I... Oh... No, I'm going to say pump the brakes. Oh. 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 So, Please go, Dave. Well, if I tell you the, to pump the brakes, Dave makes an appearance. Um, should a tyre war come back in Formula? It's, it's been a long time since we've had one now. I mean, it's been a long time for Pirelli, like 10 years now. Um, yeah. However, I believe that one tyre supplier is better than two. So... Damn you! <laughs> No, Dave! Don't do it to me! I don't want to be... Oh, it's so cold and wet. I'm In so... this heat, that would be lovely, by the way. Yeah, I would, actually. I would take a gun, Jim. Yeah. In, fair... In fairness to you, Sam, I feel like you, you... I don't know, this is a guess. I feel like the masses might agree with you. I, f... I feel like it... it's not a massively unpopular opinion, but you've managed to find two people who don't agree with you. Funnily enough... I do thoroughly enjoy just having Pirelli as a um, as the supplier. I like having one supplier. I like having all teams on the same option. I think it makes races very fair, but I like the drama of a tyre war. So there you go. Well, I'll change my mind if Pirelli keep in, keep having too many one-stop races. Um, keep, keep up the two stops, Pirelli. I've always, my opinion changes, and I know how much that means to you. <laughs> Harry, what's your opinion? Uh, uh, my opinion is that Silverstone is not a very good racetrack. And when I say racetrack, it's not a very good track for great races. For what races? Great. Good. Oh. Exciting. You're a fool. I've never hit brakes harder than this. <laughs> I've installed regenerative braking on my pump the brakes to keep braking over time because this is so wrong. You are wrong. I, I get where you're coming from in that I think it is of the Suzuka ilk of it's a great racetrack that isn't necessarily producing fantastic races year in, year out. Having said that, I love I love like the Brooklands complex there. I love Stowe Corner. I'll tell you to pump the brakes. Oh. 
it's a double dungeon! Dave's getting back tonight! I, 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 I do see your point though. I wasn't. I, by the way, I, I, I love Silverstone the track. I yeah. think it's a great track, but just in terms of really exciting races, it's no Montreal. It's it's no uh, it's no Sochi. It's yeah, precisely. Yongnam. Eat your heart out. Else, yeah. Eat it. Eat your heart out. South Korean Grand Prix. Um. Yeah. So. Two for two. I was going to say, I was going to say you're fine with that opinion, but Dave is sort of tugging at my shoulder, like, "Come on, give me another chance." So, <laughs> let me do the dunking. <laughs> exact words. Let's see if it's going to be three out of three. My pump the brakes. The current Formula Two schedule, in terms of its placement on the calendar and also the weekend format, is absolutely garbage. Oh no, I completely agree with you. Hard agree there. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Dave. It sucks. Sorry, Dave. It's not another bloody F two race until September. What is up? With I that? want, I want at least like one to two a month. They are so good. They are just as fun as F one. If not, sometimes more fun than F one. And these guys need more time behind the wheel. Do more racing. And I, I know that they're doing three races this year per week. It's too. The old format was great in terms of having two races per week. I think three is just, it makes it so difficult, even for massive racing fans as ourselves, to keep up if you're, if I don't know, it's there's only so many hours in a day. Um, and it does make it somewhat difficult to, to keep up with every single race that happens. You are completely oh. right. And I hate that you are completely right. Yeah, that's annoying. But yeah, you are very, very right. It doesn't happen oh, very often, just- so... Before we move on from pump the brakes, don't, I'm discussing this live on air, folks. The voice David, I'm going to bring this up. Oh, God, Maybe if if you want to be featured on pump the brakes, submit your opinion on the Discord, and we'll gung you if you're <laughs> right or wrong. You know, you don't have to. It could be fun. I think. We'll, let's know. We'll, we'll do a pump in the Discord. We'll do a pump the brakes channel. Everyone can put. You can just submit your pump the brakes. There we go. Yeah, this is, folks. This is a live content uh, meeting you're having right here this is how our meeting you're with us <laughs> if anything if you like a share there aren't a lot of money going around if anything we should probably have our content meetings live on air because it would probably keep it more formalized and structured <laughs> yeah true <laughs> i think we'd actually get more done <laughs> sorry folks we're quite easily distracting if you haven't realized by if you're new to this well well done for sticking with us for 55 minutes because it can really go off the rails yeah, and if you are absolutely done with us, don't worry, we're going to wrap things up here. Um, Sam, I mean, you've, you've literally just mentioned the Discord, but if uh, for, for, for those of you um, that maybe, uh, I don't know, missed the start or want to hear it again, Worst Sam, week. just let everyone know what we've got going on there. So, folks, we have created a late-breaking podcast Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, Discord is basically like a Facebook messenger service, but it's for people that all like one topic. And our topic, of course, is Formula One. So we've got a link in the... uh, I know. You've been talking a lot about golf, Ben. We decided on golf. golf in particular. Sorry. Sorry, it's F1. Folks, if you are here for golf, you'll need to move along. Um, The link is in the bio. Click on it, join it. You don't have to be involved in every conversation. You can speak once a month if that's all you want to do. There's no obligation that you need to chat all the time or to anyone at all. If you just want to watch, just watch. But please do give it a try. Come and get involved in the community. We've got lots of little group chats you can get involved with. One now being the Pump the Breaks. We'll also be hosting our latest podcast that it will release on there as well. So you can access it through there. And there'll be lots of other things. You can ask us any questions you want or get topics heard as well. You really will have more of an input. And we always want to hear more from you and this is probably the best way now to do it so please do give it a try download the app on your phone it's completely free give it a try why not you never know what you're gonna miss out on um i hope you've enjoyed the podcast we are gonna be back of course next week no race this weekend we're back next week to uh preview the hungarian grand prix um hopefully it's an absolute build we've had some good ones as of recent uh so stick with us for then thank you all for your support as well it's been massive recently we have really seen more and more of you join recently and it is hugely appreciated by the three of us I can't believe you've listened to talk for this long. I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. I've been Big Zons. And remember, keep breaking late. Dave!
find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.